You're listening to episode 62 of Widowcast with Joanne Philomena, best-selling author of Widowed and Professional Certified Life Coach. Oh yeah, I'm also a widow. This is a Joanne the Life Coach podcast production, which also includes Weight Coach and This Is Us podcast. This podcast is based on real stories and real experiences of widowhood, both my own story and many other widows I've known and worked with as a life coach. Hello, my friends. I know it's been a little while. I have to get this podcast thing back under control so that I can talk to you each week. By the way, my best-selling book, Widowed, is being released in paperback. It's available to pre-order right now at all the online booksellers like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Book A Million. Um, they won't charge you for the book until it ships. And right now they're offering a tremendous discount for pre-orders on Amazon and on Barnes & Noble. So um, this November, the paperback will be in bookstores. So if you're looking for it in bookstores and it's not in your local bookstore by then, you can certainly ask them to get it in for you. How do you get your hands on an early copy? Join me in Widow Coaches class. All my clients receive a signed advanced copy of my paperback, and it's my pleasure to gift the book to each and every one of my students. You know, I've talked with so many widows who felt compelled to function in life immediately after the death of their spouse, and all for very good reasons. Many have kids, and their first and foremost concern is helping their kids get through the loss of their dad, right? Many have jobs that they just cannot take weeks and weeks off from, so they dive back into work, bury their entire focus in their job every day. It's like hitting the pause button on grief. Instead of being able to work through the emotions and the pain, it's all pushed down while attention is directed to what's immediately needed to be done in life. In our fast-paced society, widows are not supported and not allowed the healing time needed to mourn. We lack the rituals to express our pain. Sure, we, we go through funerals, scattering of ashes, whatever, but there used to be rituals. I would see in movies about like Victorian times when they would drape the mirrors in black cloth. Widows used to dress in black for, I don't know, a year or something. And of course, we don't want to have to walk around in black for a year. Those are kind of ancient things. But having little rituals that help us move through and express our pain is helpful. But instead, in our fast-paced society, we hit the pause button, right? We're raised to keep a brave face. Chin up, missy. That's why people say stupid stuff to us. They have no idea what we're feeling because we don't show it either. If they say, hey, how are you doing? We say, fine, I'm fine, really, I'm fine. Here's what happens when you hit the pause button on grief. It doesn't stay paused. 
Sure, you may walk through years with your head down, but suddenly you crumble and you're not even sure why. The kids finish school, head off to college, and you have every right to be proud of them and hugely proud of yourself for getting them there all on your own. Hitting the pause button, making sure they had everything they needed. But now, now what? Now you find your emotions right at the surface at all times. Suddenly you're alone and you're wondering, who am I now? Right? Because you had been so busy with everything for the kids. And when that stops, all of a sudden the pause button is no longer on your grief. And it's been so long, you almost don't remember that you needed to cry. So now those emotions are right at the surface and you cry over really stupid things and you wonder what on earth is wrong with me. Oh, it's grief. It's grief. Working, throwing yourself into your work is a distraction. It's a way of buffering from feeling the pain of loss. That's one of the reasons why some widows choose to do that. You know, it's the I'm so busy distraction. It's a buffer. It's a way of putting that hold button on for grief. People do this all the time, not necessarily widows. You know the person I'm talking about. They're always so busy. I would love to get together, but God, I've been so busy. I've got this, I've got that, my work, blah, blah, blah. Busyness is mental laziness and lack of planning. Believe me, being busy is always optional. You have to define that word for yourself. You have a choice on how to look at the items you're currently doing. The truth is you can only actually do one thing at a time, at all times. So busyness is a mental construct. It reveals that you're thinking about how much you want to do, but not how much you're actually doing. I'm going to repeat that because I want all of you to get a hold of this. Busyness is a mental con construct revealing how much you're thinking about, not how much you're doing. I know about this. I know about this. I lived with a man who was always busy and he was retired and telling me he was busy. It's not because he was doing so many different things. It's because he was thinking about so many different things at the same time. He had this list going in his brain, right? It doesn't matter how many things are on your to-do list. It could be three things, but you would always be busy because you're constantly ruminating over those three things. It's a reflection of what goes on in your mind. Telling yourself that you're busy is a way to buffer away from actually feeling the sadness and the loneliness. I get it. I get it. But stuffing that pain down under being busy doesn't heal it. Here's where we start processing all those emotions that you've kept under lock and key in your psyche. Here is how you begin to feel better. The first thing I teach in widow coaches class is how to separate out your story from fact. Sounds crazy, right? But it's true. We all have stories about the world around us and stories about our life 
generally based on our experiences of the past. And the first trick is learning to separate out your story from bare fact in the world. Because we're convinced our story is reality, and it is not. It's our interpretation of what we have seen, experienced, heard, right? It's what we think about the basic facts in the world. Do you have a sibling or siblings? Have you ever reminisced with them about something that happened when you were kids and discovered that they remembered it entirely differently than you did? And I'm not talking about just having a different point of view on the same thing. I'm talking about they remember something entirely different. And you're like, what the what? I was there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's because both of you have your own story, right? Our interpretation of what we remember is going to be different. Understanding your story versus fact is the beginning of feeling better. Because once you know that, you can spot the story you're telling yourself about something that's making you feel awful. Awful. If you write that story down, write down the few thoughts that you think about it that's making you feel so bad, and then ask yourself for each and every single one of those thoughts, do I know 100% this is true? What are the facts here? I'll tell you, facts are completely neutral. If you write down something and it has an adjective in it or anything that is judgment about it, that's your thought. That's not the fact. Okay? If you think, wow, there's this beautiful dog out on my front lawn, that's your thought. Because I might look out my window and think, oh my God, this ugly mutt is loose. Two totally different thoughts, two totally different feelings about the dog. The fact is, there's a dog on your lawn. You can prove that in a court of law. That's the basic fact. The fact, the thought that you had that the dog is a beautiful dog makes you feel compassionate towards the animal. And you're going to go outside and call him over, pet him a little, get a look at the tag on his collar and see where he belongs, right? Totally different action. And you get him back to his owner and you say, what a beautiful dog. <laughs> Reinforce your thought. This is a beautiful dog. My reaction from across the street, looking out thinking, oh my God, this must, it, this mutt is loose in the neighborhood. If I go over there, he might bite me. I don't feel compassionate at all for the dog. What I feel is fear about this dog running loose in the neighborhood. And my action is going to be to call the ASPCA to come pick him up, call the dog pound. And they come and they take him off. And I think, thank God, that scary mutt is gone from the neighborhood. Reinforce my thought. Two totally different realities with one fact, right? The fact is there's a dog standing on your lawn. And we just created two totally different experiences of what that meant. Understanding the difference between your story and the fact is to write your story down and then begin to recognize what is neutral in there. What could I prove in a court of law? It's very hard to do. We often fight for our story. 
Okay. If I tell somebody, oh my gosh, I have this really difficult mother-in-law and she is so hard to deal with and she's such a bitch to me and blah, 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 blah. And people say, well, but that's not the fact that you're thinking. And I'm like, no, wait, let me tell you about my family. My family will back me up on this. Her own kids cannot deal with her, right? It's still my story. The fact, the fact of the story is that I have a mother-in-law. That's it. I have a mother-in-law. I think that she's difficult, which creates the way I feel about her which drives the way I act when I'm around her, which probably makes it a really difficult situation because I'm thinking that, right? Once you begin to understand how to separate out your story from fact and that you can hold on to that story if it's serving you, if that's the story you want to have about something, that's fine. But if the story makes you really hurt, Maybe it's time to think about a different story. This is one of the very first basic things that we cover in Widow Coaches class. We learn how to separate out story from fact because that's the beginning of feeling better. And if you can't do it for yourself, and often you can't. I'm a life coach. Often I can't. Somebody said to me, you know, when you're inside the jar, it's really hard to read the label. So a lot of times something happens to me and I'm inside the jar about it. Fortunately, I have my own life coaches that I turn to so that they can give me that perspective from outside the jar to say, hey, Joanne, guess what? <laughs> it's what you're thinking about this that has you so freaked out. You know, um, today my business coach and mentor, I mentioned I have a couple coaches, right? Even coaches need coaches. She posted something that gained tremendous response. And I loved following her thread because she posted something about if you were $50,000 in debt, and you got $50,000 in surprise money that just turned up, what would you do with it? Would you pay off the debt or would you invest it in yourself? And the responses were so varied and so fascinating. And I know what I would have said like even five years ago. I would have said, oh yeah, you pay off the debt. But what I didn't know then was that I have the ability to invest in myself and get a much greater return on that money than what I would be paying out towards the credit card. Incredible knowledge. It's really the secret of entrepreneurs. And I, you know, it made me, it triggered my remembering when I was at Mastermind a week ago. There was a young coach there. Um, she was awarded Rookie of the Year. And what amazed me is when she told her story, uh, she started with literally nothing. She used her entire bank account and then maxed out credit cards to invest in herself. Was that scary? I'd say. 
but she tearfully told us how she was all in. She had no other choice. And I so recognized that. It was exactly as I felt when I began my journey as a life coach, shortly after becoming widowed. She not only threw in her bankroll, she borrowed money, went into debt, and bet on herself. Did this pay off? Was she insane to incur debt on a gamble like that? She didn't see it as a losing game. She knew how hard she would work to make it happen, and she did. She was awarded Rookie of the Year. I think her sales were over 300000 in the past year, and I'm pretty sure she's going to show up next year wearing a two-comma T-shirt. <laughs> right? That, people, means over a million two-commas. After she gave her speech for her award, the both the two of us hugged and we both teared up a little because I told her how strongly I connected to her story and about becoming widowed and doing the same thing with little or no money and being terrified about it. I knew exactly where she was coming from. Now I'm cheering her on like crazy because she's killing it. I love that. And this is why I'm so sad when I interview a perfect candidate for Widow Coaches class and I'm told, well, maybe in a few more months I can do this class. Or I hear, oh, I, I can't pay for this. I have to cover X, Y, Z. Or they say, let me check my finances and get back to you. Now, my class is not 50K, I promise you. <laughs> but... When I hear these things, it breaks my heart. Not that they didn't buy into my class for me, but they couldn't see clear to invest even a small amount in themselves. They're not ever going to move forward from where they are right now. They're always going to be freaking out about money and feeling isolated and alone and going through the motions of living day by day without ever daring to think of their own dreams. I've talked to hundreds of widows. Almost every one of them are stuck in life, depressed, and just crossing days off on a calendar until they die too. It's no way to live. So when somebody like that reaches out to me, I am so thrilled for them. Because they're taking a step that says they could dream again. They could have a goal in life again. I'm so excited for them. But if they tell me they have other financial obligations or cannot see their way clear to invest in their own future, I just want to cry. I just want to cry for them. I know they're going to remain stuck. I don't pressure them. If somebody says, you know, I just don't have the funds in my account right now, or let me go look at my finances, I, you know, I'll get back to you. And when they say that, I know they're not going to get back to me. And if they do get back to me, it, they're not going to do the class, right? On the other side, the widows who do decide and tell me, I'm in, I'm in, I'm doing this. It's not that they have more money than the ones that tell me they can't. It's because they know this is something they must do to get themselves back. 
Then, then we celebrate and happy dance together. I kid you not, if I don't celebrate on the phone with you when you tell me you are down to do this class, as soon as I hang up the phone, I am dancing around my desk. I have told my associates about that. They think it's fantastic. They're like, honey, you just fist pump and dance for those people. In class, they begin to see exactly how they can process their feelings and how to feel better. They learn exactly how they can create any result in their life that they want to. They discover their new future. It's like a light comes on. And these extraordinary women that I have the honor of working with step into their own power. This, this is worth 10 times the cost of the class or more. I'm not even sure you can put a price tag on regaining your joy in life and becoming excited about your future again. Don't go crazy with me. You know I'm not talking about quote-unquote moving on. We never move on. That makes us sound like we leave our husband behind and we leave all those memories behind. God, no. Why would we want to do that? I want to remember Jim every second of my life. Even if I should be fortunate enough somewhere down the road to connect with somebody again, to have that spark of love again, Jim will still be in my heart. That never goes away. But you can get excited about your life. You can grow into an extraordinary woman doing extraordinary things. The question is, when you get the $50,000 surprise money, why pay off the $50,000 debt and walk away without a penny in your pocket and no future? You know, if you believe in yourself, you want to invest in yourself. You want to invest in yourself so that eventually you walk away with the debt paid, a nice amount to reinvest, and a bit of cash tucked away. Right? Just think about the rookie of the year who brought herself up from next to nothing, borrowed and put it all on the line to bet on herself, and then took the action necessary to keep failing until she succeeded. Yeah. What the heck are you waiting for? You can do this. It doesn't take 50000 for sure. But if you invest in yourself to find your way out of the cardboard box you've got yourself in right now, that little box of grief where you're going through the motions day by day, you have no idea what it is you want. The idea that you could discover what you want is actually scary. I get that. I know. It's like you could really do anything you want with your life now. You could do anything you want. And it's a frightening thought. Until you learn how to have the courage to have that thought. Until you discover what it is you're really passionate about that you want to go do. That's everything. That's everything. That's what changed my life as a widow. It's what changed how I went through these last two and a half years. I'm telling you, two and a half years ago, if I could have had a peek into the future, just 24 months into the future, I would have been astounded, 
astounded at what I had done. And you can be too. You really can. So talk to me. Send me feedback on this podcast. You can send feedback to Joanne, J-O-A-N-N, no E, Joanne at JoanneTheLifeCoach.com. I would love to get email hearing what you think about this. Remember, if you've hit the pause button on grief, give yourself some time in between there to just feel the emotions. They will not make you die. Your brain tells you you're going to die. You will not die. There's power in being able to experience the emotions and come through it. Or talk to me about Widow Coaches class and you will learn how to process those emotions and come through it. I would love to help you with that. I would love to just be able to reach out and make each and every one of you feel better. Start today. Start today by taking a look at what are your stories and what are the facts? What is it that hurts so much right now? Write down everything you think about it. Take a look at your story. It'll help make a difference. And do me a favor, jump into iTunes and leave a review for this podcast because that helps this podcast actually get out there. I have pitiful few reviews in there and a lot of you listening. So if you can find out how to get into iTunes Click on reviews and ratings. Just leave a sentence about the podcast and some stars. Five stars are always nice. (laughs) And leave a review for the podcast. I would so appreciate it. And know that you can go check out Widowed on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or any of those online sites. And you can even pre-order the book right now. You'll probably get it about a month before it gets into stores. So probably it'll ship to you like in October. Okay, and I will be talking to you again. In the meantime, get out there and find some joy in your life every day.